0: Man, we're really glad you're here today. And um, Rich and Dan are going to sing one more song for us. But before they did, I want to read the scripture to you. I told you guys we would read this scripture every single week over the next three or four weeks. Luke chapter 2, it's a story that you've heard many, 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 many times. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Q-Dog was governor of Syria, or Cyrenius all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of the King David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. She was showing. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in, The worst imaginable strips of clothes possible wrapped around their baby and she laid them in a manger because there was no hospitals or rooms for them to have this baby in. Verse eight, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. That will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly strips of clothes or cloth. You will be lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, they hurried into the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby, just like they said it would be, lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Verse 18, and all who heard the shepherds story were astonished. They were minds were blown. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God, for they had heard and seen, for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Last week we looked at a song, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Tonight we're gonna look at a song called, O Holy Night. We've been taking songs that have been written hundreds of years ago and pulling a couple of nuggets out of them and applying them to our lives, applying them to the things that we go through. We, we, there was a verse in that song last week that said, Oh, come all ye faithful, all the joyful, and all the triumph. And I, the good news is that Jesus doesn't call the faithful. Jesus doesn't call the triumph. He doesn't call the, the powerful. He calls the weak, the Bible tells us. The Bible says, all you who are tired and weary, come to me. If you're a sinner, come to me. So Jesus doesn't call all the strong people. Jesus calls weak people. And the good news for us in here today is that we're all weak people. Tonight, this morning, we want to look at O Holy Night. Um, this is a, this song I was kind of uh, mind-blowing for me. There was a priest in the 1800s, and he said, I want you to take... He went to one of his friends, a poet, a guy that could write hymns in his city in the 1800s and said, I want you to take Luke chapter 2, what I just read. because I want you to put it into a hymn or to a song. And he wrote it. And the guy was like, the priest said, this is good. This is really, really, really good stuff. And then the guy took it to his friend and said, I want you to put these songs, this, this hymn to music. And in 1906, I'm sorry, this guy, Placid Capoe, he wrote this song. Then he gave it to his friend, and his friend took his violin out and wrote the music, the lyrics to it, the, 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 the music to it. And the song went viral. Oh, holy night, they're going to gonna sing it just for us in a moment. And it goes crazy. Everyone, this is awesome. Now, here's the deal. The guy that wrote the song, he wasn't even a Christian. He was an atheist. And he wrote the song that we're about to sing, and that's been passed down from hundreds of years, and we're seeing it to this day. He was an atheist, and not only was he an atheist, this guy was a, he sold and and traded wine. He had his friend that had the violin. He himself also was an atheist. So I, I say this every week at our church, that God can redeem anything. God can use anything. The worst situation possible, God can use that to receive glory and honor and power. And so you take this guy's song, by the time all the churches started finding out, you guys let an atheist write the song. They found out that this, this guy, Placid, wrote the song. They're like, let's pull the song. Well, at that point it was too late. It had gone viral without YouTube. Could you imagine? The song was so big, they couldn't pull it off the shelves. They couldn't get enough people to stop. Everyone was singing it. Then a few decades later, in 1906, a, a professor took a generator, took a microphone, Got out his violin, and he played this song, Oh Holy Night, 1906, on Christmas Eve. It was it's, This song we're about, they're about to sing was the first song played on AM radio in 1906 on Christmas Eve. And I'll tell you something, this song, it has got a platform. God can redeem anything. He, this platform, this guy who doesn't even believe writes this song, it's so good everyone's singing it. It's the first song. In 1906, on Christmas Eve, and I, I don't think it could have happened any other way. I think God had planned all that, if you ask me. And so I want you guys to listen as Rich and my beautiful wife sing, O Holy Night.
1: Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Cleared, and the soul felt its work. Oh!
0: can sing. You know, they asked me to sing a solo and I was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make you guys look bad. And so I'm just going to let you guys go ahead and light it up, man. Oh, holy night. I want to talk to you today. Um, there's a phrase in that song that says a, a new and glorious morning, a new and glorious morning. So I want to talk to you today about a new day, write down the phrase, a new day, write down that phrase. If you have notes, you can write it down. If you don't, if you're cool and you have an iPhone or iPod or iTouch or iSomething, just write down a new day with Jesus a new day with Jesus. I want to let you have a look into my family every single week over this series. And so last week I told you guys one of my, uh, how we got ready for Santa Claus to come is that we would all share the same bedroom, all six of us. Uh, I I walked in a friend of mine, um, in here today and I said, Hey, this is at the, at the outside throwing a football. That, That was my sister. We got inside to the lobby. That was my brother and my brother-in-law. We got to the kids' area and I had a sister or a brother over there. And so there's six of us, and we all shared a bedroom. One of my favorite things about Christmas, though, was my dad. My dad's sitting right here. My dad has uh, there's, in his family. There's seven boys and two girls, nine kids. Back then, they didn't have cable, so my grandparents, you know, they were just having kids apparently. And so, um, <clears throat> I loved. Christmas, because Christmas meant I was going to go and have amazing food at my grandparents' house. And so, it was awesome. So, his oldest brother, and uh, forgive me if I botched up a little, his older brother, oldest brother had like, I think he had four kids. And the second one, he had four kids. And the third one was, I think, you're the third one, I think. And then there were six of us. Then the next brother, he had um, he had two kids, two or three kids. And then the next group of boys, they were twins. And they both have two kids. And then the youngest brother, he has two kids. And then my aunt, um, she doesn't have have an aunt that doesn't have any kids. And I have another aunt has a daughter. So there would be 20-plus kids, almost 30 kids, running around the streets of Eatonville right across town. And we had a blast. I love that. And then I, the highlight of the, going to my grandma's house is that she would make the most amazing peach cobbler. My mouth's watering just thinking about it. It was the best, the kind where she made the dough. And she laid the strips on there just the right way. She like weaved them. It was amazing. And collard greens, you didn't know I was a brother, but I'm half a brother. The collard greens, it was awesome. The gravy and all that was so amazing. I, I think my mom, my mom learned how to cook for my grandma. And my mom can cook for a white lady and she can cook. And so I man, I love the holidays because the food is good. I um, we had a party at her house this past um This past Friday night and last week I asked you guys within your people around you to share your favorite Christmas thus far. And one of the families said, My favorite Christmas thus far is this one. And they said it's this one because all of our families in in a church, we found a church that we all like. And if a lot of you guys that come to this church, we're just we're such a different church. And if you've gone to church your whole entire life, you just this is church for you. And so for us, most of the people that come to our church, they haven't been to church in a long time. Or they're like, I just, you know, this happened at church, and so we got a bunch of people who probably didn't ever want to go back to church, but now they're in this church, and we're just kind of a different church. Or the husband, a lot of you guys, I've talked to you guys, and I, oh, I was Catholic, my wife was Baptist, or this is, and you got different things, so it's hard to find a church where you have two a husband and a wife that want to go to the same exact place. And so we've tried to develop this place where anyone can come, and hopefully everyone will like it, and and we're just we're just glad to do this. And so it, he said, my favorite Christmas is this one because all of our family has found a church that we all like and so i want to talk to you today and why this is a good christmas for some people i know it's reality that some people this is going to be a good christmas and for some people this is going to be a tough christmas because life happens life happens every single day life happens i left last week and went and did a funeral for for a lady who had passed away and Man, it's it's tough. I have a friend of mine I talked on the phone with just yesterday. Called me first thing his wife. His wife is just, his his wife's body is eaten up with cancer, and uh, she had had breast cancer um, six or seven years ago, had surgery. Now it's back again, and it's a couple spots on her spine, and it's just it's not looking good. So it could be a good Christmas, or it could be a bad Christmas. I want to look at this story today. Luke chapter two, and I kind of want to go backwards a little bit back to Lamentations chapter three. And if you have a Bible, you can flip over. If you have an app, you can flip to that Lamentations chapter three. I'm going to use the New Living Translation. And I want to talk to you today about what a new day with Jesus brings. What a new day Jesus brings. Our series for January is called New. It's creative, I know. We're excited about it. We're already looking forward to January. A lot of you guys in here today, you're looking forward to January 2016 because this past year was a tough year for you, so you're ready for the new year. So I want to talk to you about it. What a new day, what Jesus can bring. Luke, cha- or, I'm sorry, Lamentations chapter three. The prophet Jeremiah is writing the story, and it's just chaotic. And the word Lamentations, if you go to church your whole life, you're like, man, Lamentation. That's just another weird church word. And Lamentations is is what it sounds like. It's a lament. And Jeremiah's like, man, things are tough. My city, the place where I've, I've grown up, it's in shambles. Things are chaotic. Things are, things are, are tough, and things aren't going the way that we thought that they would. It's a mess here. And so you see here in the story that Jeremiah begins to talk through, he begins to flesh it out. And I want to say this to you today. If you're going through a tough time these holidays, it's a good idea to probably flesh those things out. And so we want to be a church that we can go to people and say, hey, can we talk? And we meet with people all the time. We have coffee with people all the time because we want you to be able to flesh out the things that you're going through. And if you're going, if you're going through a tough time today, I want you guys to know that there's a new, there's something new that God has for your life. We woke up last night. <clears throat> we woke up, we, when Chantel got in um, last, she got in on Friday night. She got to the end of the Christmas party. We stayed up till 1.30 talking to Chantel. Because we, we, were, we, we're friends from college, and we just laughed and talked and laughed and talked. And, you know, they cried. I didn't because I'm so macho. And so, um we just had a good time. and We just telling stories and talking about all of our dysfunctions that come with being alive. And so, we were just having a good old time. And woke up the next morning, going, um, going full 100 miles an hour. Um, last night, we, I'm like, I'm going to bed early, so 10:30, I got in bed. And Diana stayed up a little bit longer. 12 o'clock, Diana goes. Uh, Trip, Trip comes. No, Hope comes walking in the room. She goes, Hey, um, Trip's throwing up everywhere. I'm like, Awesome. Because when I got out of church last week, Judah, my the boy twin that we had, our we have one year old twins. He was throwing up last last week and it started went three days straight. It was amazing, and um, then so he made it through. And so so and then Selah at the party in front of everybody decides she's going to throw up, and that's cute, you know. Not, and so she throws up. Our you know our daughter, uh, the the one year old twin, the girl, she throws up on the carpet, and people are helping us. They feel bad for us because we have too many kids, and anyway, so they're helping us and. So Hope comes in and says, Judas Trip is throwing up everywhere. So we go in there and I help Diana and it's all good to go. And and, um, and we get it all cleaned up and I go to get up this morning to get ready to come to church. And we unload a trailer every single week. Uh, it's a 25 foot trailer. You see it out there. We borrow a truck. That's a big truck to pull that thing. And we, we I go get a truck from Diana's dad every week and I pick that trailer up. And another guy on our team who's a firefighter, if he's off, he picks up that trailer. And so we put a lot of work into this, and we love it. So I get up, this, I get up um, at 6 to get ready to, get, to go pick up the trailer and come to church. And um, now my, my daughter's walking in. She, my, my son's walking in. He goes, uh, Hope's throwing up everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, is this deja vu? Is this a sick dream we're having? What's going on? And so all of them have thrown up this week. And I think sometimes life is like that, isn't it? <laughs> it's like the moment you get one thing picked up, you get more throw-ups coming. Doesn't life feel like that sometimes? And so sometimes you're like, man, I just need a new day. I would love a new day. And I think for you, if you're in here today, maybe you're thinking, that I need a new day. Um, there's a way that you can have a new day. The Bible, the, the, that song said, there's a new and glorious morning. Luke, chap, I'm sorry, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says this, I will, Jeremiah is saying, I will never forget this awful time I'm going through. <laughs> Everyone you see in the Bible is not having a great time, by the way. And if your impression of Christianity is, oh, you have to have it all together, boy, are you mistaken? The beauty of being a Christian is you don't have to have it all together. You just have to know the One who has it all together, and there's only one person who has it all together, and it's Jesus. Everyone that you're, everyone that's sitting next to someone today, you're sitting next to a reject. Like, they don't don't tell them that because they may not heard me. But like, everyone's sitting next to a sinner. Everyone's sitting next to someone who's got some sort of problem in their life. Everyone, everyone, everyone has some sort of thing in their life. They don't ha- we don't all have it all together. And that's the beauty of coming into this place. We don't have it all together. But we know the one who has it all together and who can keep us all together. And Jeremiah is talking to the one and said, this is awful. I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. A little bit of a pause there. And he starts talking about God there. He starts saying, this is miserable. He's kind of just having this conversation. This is miserable. This is miserable. And then he says, God, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Therefore, I will hope in him. I will hope In him, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. I don't know what you're going through in here today, but Jeremiah has had his whole world dumped upside down. We like to use the phrase here, when everything goes to hell, Jeremiah is living that. And right in front of us. And here's how he flushes it all out. He, I love this. He says, I only can hang on to hope. Dinah mentioned, it. we sing this song, Cornerstone. I did get to pick the worship set today. Did I, are you giving me credit for that or not? Um, apparently for worship leaders, that's the hardest part of doing the worship. It's, it's hard to pick the songs, apparently. Not for me, I just pick the songs I like. I'm like, just go with it. And she's like, those keys don't work. And I'm like, make them work. You know what I'm saying? That's why there's a hundred of them on this thing. Just make them work, change them, you know? And so clearly I'm not a musician. Um, I do play percussion, like one drum, um, because I'm only half. Because I'm half black, half white, I, my my bottom half is 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 not as coordinated as my top. I can move my hands on the djembe, but whenever I had to add the kick or the or the snare to it, not the snare the um, the hi hat, it just goes to heck, and so I can't play. But they didn't let me play today, and so I'm offended. Um, I have Rich, and I I have played um, percussion with Rich before. Rich and um, Rich is a friend of Diane and I's for. Ten plus years, or probably almost twenty years now, and um, one of the first times I saw Rich um, was in Manila, Philippines. And Diana's dad and Rich's dad, they 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 began to ask God to allow them to do something big in Rich's city and in their city, and they had a thing called the One in a Million Crusade, and there was over a million people in the Luneta Grandstand in the Manila, Philippines to hear the gospel. And over 250,000 people placed their faith in Jesus Christ in one environment. Isn't that pretty cool? Could you imagine? So when we get there, it's monsoon rain. The sound system, the speakers, everything's delayed. It's huge. You can imagine a million people. It's delayed. It was raining so bad, people stayed in the buses because they don't want to get out because it was And the sound system, was the wind and rain was so bad. And Dinah's dad got out there on the edge of the stage. The rain. Rich played a song that she lights up. And... Man, that many people gave their life to Christ. And so, I just love them. She's like a sister to me. That was just a commercial. Um, here's what I wanted to, I'm, I'm actually done, Rich, if you want to come up and play with me. Let me give you a couple things that I want you to write down. What comes with a new day with Christ? Here was, here's what comes with a new day with Christ. Number one, exactly what you need. <clears throat> a new day with Christ <clears throat> brings exactly what you need. There's a story in the Old Testament where the children of Israel, God had taken them out of being slaves. He brought them out into the wilderness and Jesus tells them, God tells the people, I'm going to bring you food every single day. Here's the kicker, he says, don't take any extra because I'm going to bring you fresh food every single day day i'm going to take care of you the hardest part of being married for diane and i is about 5 o'clock every single day what are we going to have for dinner that's the hardest part of our marriage. We're doing good. You're like, man, this guy's amazing. It's not that good, but it is good. But man, I know this. They, God says to them, I'm going to bring you food every single day. Don't take any extra because I'm going to give you exactly what you need. I don't know what you came in here looking for today, but I know this, that God will give you exactly what you need. One of our friends here today that I met a few weeks ago, he walked in here today and he said, I just got let go of my job. I got let go from my job. I know that, I, I said, what are you going to do? And they just looked at me like, I don't know, it just happened. I said, are you just going to trust God? And they're like, yes. If you give your life to Christ and if you follow Jesus Christ, he's going to bring you exactly what you need. And by the way, he is all that you need. I feel a little bit preachy today, a little Pentecostal. Some of you guys are like, bring it. Get fired up. I haven't been fired up in a while, but Jesus will bring you all that you need. And here's the deal. If you're placing your hope and faith in your vehicle, my friend Brooks here, your car can be stolen. If you're placing your faith and your hope in your job, it could be taken from you. If you place your faith and your hope in your children, mom and dad, they can be taken from you. My, a guy I know just came out of the book a few months ago. His name is Levi Luska. He lost his five-year-old daughter. If, said, if you place your hope and your faith in a kid, that can be taken from you. I love Diana, but you know what? Diana we decided a long time ago that we, her and I, we can't complete each other because we'll fail each other. How can two broken people complete each other? What if the, my bad part tries to connect with her bad part? Like it is not gonna work. We can't complete each other. Our hope has to be in Jesus, and he brings us exactly what we need. I will fail Diana. It happens daily, and she'll fail me. It happens once a year. But you and I need to know that God brings us exactly what we need. Here's the second thing. A new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. It brings the hope to keep. Going, the hope to keep going. This verse says here that his mercies are new every single day. Jesus, a new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. You know the most vital time I I wish I could see in time? You know one of the most important times for me, one of the most important places that I would go if I could go anywhere in time and know exactly what was going to happen to people every single day? I would go to them at the, the moment before they're about to end their life and say, hang in there because tomorrow there's new mercies. Hang in. Don't don't quit saying because tomorrow there's going to be new mercies. Did you know that you and I were in time? Did you know this, that God is outside of time? So you know what that means? That means that God is already in tomorrow. God is already tomorrow. He already has mercies already set up for you for tomorrow. Wouldn't it be nice to those of you guys that run your car and empty... Wouldn't it be nice? like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. Wouldn't it be nice if you woke up the next day and it was just full? You 17, 18 year old boys in here today, that's like that's like a freebie for you. If your mom leaves her car empty, just get in it one night. Don't go joyriding, but go put gas in it and bring it the next day. Bring it that morning for her. She will love you for that. Ladies in here today, you can if, if you're a 16, 17 year old girl, you can do it for your mom too. Go pump gas for your mom. God is already in tomorrow. Waiting to have you there. And he already has mercies lined up for you. He brings us exactly what we need. He brings a hope to keep on going. Did you know this? You can go 40 days without food. You can go eight days without water. You can go four minutes without oxygen. Have you ever seen those guys that do this free diving? They just breathe and they get their lungs expanded. They can dive very very deep they can go underwater for like 4 to 5 minutes they train their lungs to be able to hold their breath for 4 or 5 minutes they die with just with just a, a snorkel isn't that pretty impressive you can go 40 days without water 8 days without food 4 minutes without oxygen you can't go 1 second without hope you can't go 1 second without hope have you ever been in a defeating situation and you're like dang it but then something kicks you. you're like if I just hang in there 1 more second Hope is coming, or help is coming. I saw a guy run. I saw a, a, an officer off off duty He was riding his motorcycle and went off uh, the 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 road the other day, and he was laying there lifeless. and and uh, And a guy had saw a guy was driving and he and he saw it, he saw something in the in the in the it was uh, highways were emerging. And he, the bike motorcycle was in the ditch, and the guy said, "I think I saw something back there." And God said to him, "Turn around and go back and look." When he got there, it happened. It was a cop that was just riding his motorcycle that, that, that day. And he had, that night and wife couldn't find him. He was laying in this ditch, lifeless. No one saw him. And I know that this guy's, I mean, maybe someone's gonna come, maybe someone's gonna come. And I want you to know, if you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to get your life together, know this, that there's a, there is hope. There is hope to keep going. And that hope is a person. The hope is Jesus. My answer for everything is Jesus. If you got financial problems, I and, and I know I'm, I'm annoying with it too. Like if you get me like I got financial problems, I'm like you gotta trust God. You're like that ain't gonna help my bank account. I know, but you gotta trust Him anyways. Well, man, I'm, I'm just I'm sick, Wes. I just can't. I'm, I'm physically I can't I, I I can't go any further. My body is, is shutting down. You know what? You just gotta trust God. You gotta trust in the hope of Jesus. Oh, Wes, my relationships. I'm just. A train wreck when it comes to relationships, or it's not working, or my relationships aren't working. You gotta just put your faith and your hope in Jesus. And hope's such a popular word, it's a positive word in our culture. Every time I hear the word hope, I don't think about our church. I think about the person who is hope, and that's Jesus. Jesus gives you and I the hope to keep going. Here's the third thing Jesus, a new day with Jesus, or a new day with Christ gives you the help that you're seeking. One out of one people in a desperate situation is seeking help. Do you want to know where that comes from? David said this, "My help comes from the Lord, the maker and the creator." Can I ask you a question today? What is it that you need? Or what is it that you think that you need? What is it that you're going through you think, man, there's just no possible way for me to get through it. There's just no possible way for me to get through that tough situation. I'm here today to tell you there's a person that can help you get through that situation. The biggest in every high and stormy gale, the guy that wrote the song, It Is Well, he wrote that in the middle of the ocean at the same exact place that his wife, that his wife was taking him. His wife and his four daughters were going over to England to give him better future. Husband gets in, g- goes to get on the boat that day. Got called back, couldn't go. Sends his wife and his and, and his kids ahead. The high and stormy gales came, and the four girls didn't make it. She gets to England. The wife gets back and sends him a telegram that says, "Only I survived." The guy gets on a, the next boat he could get on, gets halfway up the wrote out the words for the song, It Is Well. It Is Well. Can I tell you today, whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. Whatever you're going through, I say this all the time, It's almost, it should be one of our core values. Whatever you're going through, it's temporary. It may hurt like heck, but it is temporary. And you're going to make it through. You're going to make it through. How do you know, Wes? Because I know the guy that's going to have new mercies already stacked up for you tomorrow. And his mercies are stacked up for you on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday. Whatever it is that you're going through in your life, God is already making a way. Wes, what if I can't see him? It's okay. That's why we call it faith. I, you can't see him. Wes, what if I can't feel that he's there? You don't have to feel him to know that he's there. You don't have to see him to know that he's there. I'm here today to tell you that I've done this long enough to know. I've known Jesus long enough to know that God is making a way for whatever it is that you're going to. And there is a new and glorious morning waiting for you. You can bow your head and close your eyes. No one's looking around. People ask us every week, what kind of church are you? We are a Jesus church. And at the end of every time we get together, we give people an opportunity to move into a relationship with this Jesus that we're talking about. Every single week we land with an opportunity for people to have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you're saying, Wes, you know what? I'm going through the toughest storm of my life. And you and you know I'm talking to you today, or you feel like God saying, "Hey, that's you." The only way to get through that is with Jesus. The only way to get through whatever it is that you're going through is to get through it with Jesus. The Bible tells in here in this room here today that everyone in this room that's across the way here that you're, you're you're a sinner, you've missed the mark. Every single one of us in here today. The Bible tells us that there's a because we're sinners, there's a penalty for our sins. But it doesn't end there. The good news is that Jesus came and he died and he bled and he rose again to take the place for the penalty for yours and my sin. He took the place on the cross for you and for me. Jesus did that for you and for me. So that you and I could have a relationship with Him.